Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson I'm glad to have you with me tonight Last week I talked about maybe having uh, Brad Nams on. Uh, he owns BSN Rodeo Company, and uh, I was hoping to have him on tonight, and we sure are. So uh, uh, we're gonna—he's gonna join us in about ten minutes. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. We'll uh, take some questions if you got any. We're gonna have a little trivia for a couple tickets to to the rodeo up there. Um, so. Should be should be a fun show. Um, we do all kinds of sports on here, and uh, rodeo has um, been a big part of my life since long since about the time I started playing football. So they both football and rodeo have, have basically it's been my only two hobbies um, forever. So uh, we love talking sports. It'll be interesting show tonight. Talk about that. Me and Brad have uh, known each other for about 25 years or more, I guess. Uh, all of him and his brother being around the ropings and rodeos and stuff, and it's about 14 or 15, uh, so we go back a long way. So it's going to be a real fun uh, show, so we're excited about it, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, but before, before he joins us, I do want to talk about uh, the Super Bowl a little bit. I know uh, a lot of people, including most of my team, are hating on the Patriots. Um, you know, and a lot of people still upset about the call over the Rams beating the Saints, and, and I don't blame them. I would be. No, but here here's the thing. Can you just imagine what it would be like if you were in those guys' shoes to be on a team or coach a team, or quarterback team, that you're making your ninth appearance to a Super Bowl. Just think of that. At the highest level of football there is, ninth appearance. Um, Tom Brady and Charles Haley are the only players in NFL history to have five Super Bowl rings. Charles Haley did it with the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Tom Brady all with the New England Patriots. Um, you know, last year the play that uh, barely that they caught, of course, it was a touchdown, no doubt. The Eagles won. I mean, several times, the times that the Patriots have gotten beat, it's been by the smallest of margins. So, uh, love them, hate them, whatever. Man, they know how to figure it out, how to get it done. So, uh, that should be a great matchup, uh, even though I know 
most people are still hating on them, I wouldn't bet against them. I'm not telling you to go out here and bet your life on them, but I sure wouldn't bet my life against them. Uh, then you got the Rams on the other side, just complete opposite. You got an old head coach and Bill Belichick and an old quarterback at Tom Brady. Then you got the youngest uh, head coach in the NFL, one of the youngest players playing quarterback in the NFL. Um, so it's basically, if you want, if you boil it down to it, it's the old against the young is pretty much um, what I've said. And uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I'm, I, that I'm, I'm rooting for the, uh, the Patriots. I'm not a Rams fan. Uh, I love Bill Belichick. Uh, a lot of people can't stand him, you know, <clears throat> but the guy to me is a genius to be able to take the different players that he's taken over the years uh, throughout his career and win with them and, and all the Hall of Famers that are on other teams like Adam Minitary, uh definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, one, one at least one Super Bowl for them on a winning field goal. They let him go. He goes to the Colts. He's still there. Did all this. Everybody says, what are you going to do? They just get a guy and Steven Dostowski, I think his name, and they don't miss a beat, you know. Just to be able to do that year in and year out uh, when you're not at the – you've always got room on the franchise, uh, uh, you know, on the salary cap, I mean. To do what they do year in and year out is, is remarkably, and I know uh, most people <laughs> wish I'd shut up about it, but, but it, it is the truth. And, you know, that's – that's something that's tough to do, folks. I mean, at any level. I don't care what kind of football, basketball, base, any level we're talking about. That is tough to do. And, uh, you know, then on the other hand, to be able to do uh, what the Rams been able to do in the last couple of years. Last year, they made it to, uh, uh, I think, the championship game and then got beat, I believe, or maybe the first round got beat. I'm not sure. But, uh, they've they got this uh, Donald guy. Uh, I just found out from one of our players this week. She's pulling for the Rams because he's from Pitt. Uh, he's he's really good. Just maybe the uh, and I don't know. They may announce it this past week. I didn't pay attention. He may have been the defensive MVP of the year. Not he was real close. So uh, then they got Dominic Sue. Uh, you know, Akeem Tlaib, they've got some players through free agency that's really going to help them. So, um, I know a lot of people are saying they ain't going to watch it. Um, if I get the chance, I'm sure going to watch it. But, you know, you never know how many uh, more times you'll see history uh, happen. And, um, so, it should be a great game. Uh, it's in Atlanta. I just came through there today, and they're already have already been preparing for it. So it's uh, it's it's not far away. They've been having uh, having stuff all week since the teams have made it there, and uh, of course they do the media thing all week. They have so much of that stuff they have to do, and that's that's where the NFL makes all makes all their money through the media and the TV rights and all that stuff. 
that's why it's recommended they uh, make it mandatory for these teams to uh, do it because that's where they generate all their money. And, you know, it, to me, it's got way out of hand. You know, it's something that, you know, me and Brad's going to talk about tonight. Is I hear I hear all the time from, from women and, and these girls, and, you know, uh, we're not professionals because we don't get paid. Well, first of all, there, there's only one level. Nobody's getting paid in women's football. So there's only one level. So whatever you want to call it, you can call it. But there's all kinds of sports that you can be a professional in, and you don't get paid unless you win, or you have to pay an entry fee to win. Even the best in the world at their profession in the sport of rodeo have to pay their fees. Or somebody has to pay, and so it's not necessarily that you, if you're not getting paid that you don't that you're not considered a professional. It's just the fact that the NFL, the NBA, the NHL—no, I wouldn't say the NHL. I don't know a lot about them, but um, MLB have got just way out of hand with all this money stuff. I mean, naturally, baseball—they don't hardly ever sell out of. Stadium, but they have 162 games. You know, NBA basketball, those stadiums probably hold 25,000. I don't know how many they hold, but I know Thompson Bowling and Knoxville holds around that. They have 72 games or 82 games, whatever they have. You know, so then the NFL, they have 16 regular season games, then the playoffs, and then the preseason and, and all that and every game gets uh, showed and I mean it, it's just gotten to me it's gotten out of hand and the players don't want to play for X amount of dollars and you know we're going to talk about some stuff tonight that you know that I can remember when when you know when I was younger and, and Brad and his brother were just really young kids in high school you know what the, the way we went, the things we did have to go, and and loved it, wouldn't change it. You know, and then these guys can't play if if they can't make you know hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, it's just gotten way out of hand. And, and earlier, uh, you know, we talked about a professional uh, bull rider that's won the uh, PBR, whatever, and all that stuff, and the way they act. So. There, there's a lot to be said for being a professional in any way you want to cut it. So it doesn't mean you have to make millions of dollars to be a professional. So I want everybody to get that through your head. It's, it's, it's the culture we live in. Hey, so um, we will uh, we will get to that. I believe Brad's getting ready to join us. I think he's on. How about it, Brad? You there? Right on. I heard you, Dave. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on the fifth quarter to talk with us tonight. And uh, I'm just telling them, man, about the, uh, you know, what I hear all the time, that um, you ain't a professional unless you're getting paid. And, you know, you you run up and down the road forever with all these bull riders and went to Cheyenne and all these places and, um, you know, that couldn't be farther from the truth, could it? No, sir. No, that's right. 
I hadn't made a, I hadn't been paid a million dollars yet. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a a lot of times it costs you more to get there. Um, you know the guy. There's guys that go to the national finals rodeo every year in Las Vegas, and they go all year long. And you know they put these big numbers on the board showing that you know they've won in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, and and it wasn't even that years ago. But they, uh, you know, I bet you if if they um, what they ought to do, I always said they ought to put up there what they've spent as well, you know, what it cost them to get there um, versus what they earned, you know. And I'd say that be lucky if a lot of them even, even had enough money to, you know, if the if the money they've earned was more than what they spent. Yeah, I, I talked a little bit about it last week, and I know, you know, you know uh, plenty of guys that's won the world and, a PBR champion and stuff, and I know several guys personally that have been world champion team ropers, and and I'm not, you know more about the rodeo, the the bull riding, uh, PBR stuff than I do, but I I know about in the in the PRCA, uh, these guys go all year long, and when they're the top 15, year, usually they say from like the top seven or eight to the top 15, they're in break-even mode. And then from seventh on up to first, they're a little bit in a positive. So whatever they win at the NFR is what they've made for the year. And, and you know, I talked a little bit about it. You you know yourself, but the trucks, the trailers, the horses, the ropes, the uh, just everything it takes to wear and tear your family, a lot of these guys jumping on planes here and there to get to these things, and they they are professional. They're, I mean, there's nobody higher or better at their sport than these guys, and they're not guaranteed millions of dollars. And no. that's what that's what people don't understand today that that all this sporting TV media uh, coverage and all that. That's where all the the NFL and NBA, all these people get all their money, and then they distribute it to these teams because they, all the teams in the NFL, there's 32, they're under one umbrella. That's the National Football League. They're owned by 32 different people, but the NFL controls them. So, right. like, this year, the salary cap, they raised the salary cap again this year. The reason they raised the salary cap is because the NFL's made so much more money. And there's That's keep right. making and it's gone. It's gotten ridiculous for me because then you got people like us that are out here uh, just scrounging by trying to do things um, in uh, you know nonprofit situations like for myself and you trying to help novice and use people now along the way. And it's tough. And people think, well, my wow, man, where's all this money that all these other people make? And it's and it's really just uh, there's no comparison. No. Well, I think more, you know, the thing has changed in, if something's changed in, in the rodeo or bull riding, more so bull riding than anything, which is the PBR, uh, they started paying bull riders a million dollars if they win the world. You know, that's been a couple years now or several years, I guess I get, I lose track of time, but you know, the, the bull rider that wins the world championship in Las Vegas, he wins a million dollars now. Um, and I can tell you that 
that that money they get, it has changed the actual uh, competitor. And I think that I, my opinion of it is, it changes it changes everybody as a competitor because something that you used to love to do, you worked your way to the top because you had to, and that's what made you the money. When that money comes into play, when it's a, a ridiculous amount, as what just one million dollars for a bull rider, and they scatter that over a course of I think a few years anyway. They don't just give it all to them at once, but you know, um, it's a uh, it takes away the. It, it takes a lot away from the competition of the sport, in my opinion. You don't you don't see them guys stay in there near as long as what you used to. I I know in the bull riding industry and in the in the PBR, them the Brazilians have taken over pretty much. You used to see the guys like Ty Murray, and you know he was a nine time world champion, I think, in the in the PRCA. He won the all around nine times back then in the rough stock. You know, something like that nowadays is unheard of. Them guys make so much money at a young age, you know, they lose the – I think they just – I think it loses their it, – it takes away from their drive to be a competitor because of the money is there, and a lot of them quit because, you know, why, would, why wouldn't why would you? I think football – I think any sport's the same way. It's almost ridiculous what they make. Uh, but I, I, I know it's taken it a lot from them. It's not so much in the in the – rodeo world in the PRCA as it is in the bull riding, but you don't see as many consecutive contenders like you used to. And now the, you know, the pay for what they're making versus what it used to be years ago. I was talking to a boy today that works with me and he, he was looking at going to the NFR and he said used to in the bareback riding, he was a bareback rider. He said, you know, 60 some thousand for the year up to 80,000 is what you had usually what you shot at to be a, you know, to, to make the finals. Uh, and now, you know, it's, it's a little different, but cost of everything's different too, you know, so that, that sport hadn't changed quite as much, but as far as the, you know, high money and big money, yeah, you think if you're going to be a professional, I can tell you this, there's a very, there, I could sit here for the rest of the night and name names are better than some of the past world champions in any event just didn't make it due to, you know, not that they weren't a professional. They just maybe not had as much luck or didn't have the money to go up and down the road because every bit of the money they spent, they was taking it out of their own pocket to do it for the most part. Right. Well, you know, it, it brings up a good point, this what you said, it, and I can't get through to a lot of these people about this, and especially uh, a lot of my team and, and their – they're not so much educated on uh, the past football, and, and I'm much older than them. And, and back in the day, these guys played the NFL pro football. They played with broken arms, broken legs. Man, concussions wasn't even on the table. And now these guys don't play with a broke or with a fingernail out of whack and all this stuff. And making millions of dollars, man, and it, and it's just what you said. Back in the day, it was something that when you when you started, I mean, you look okay. When you started, you were probably fifteen years old, fourteen, fifteen. You're still yeah. in it. You may not be right, but uh, for for health reasons, but you're still in it. You when you That's got that. in it. 
you are in it. You are in it till till you got a kid. I'm sure. I don't know if your kid. He's nine months old. I don't know if you want him to ride bulls or whatever. But he's. I promise you, he's going to be in some sort of rodeo. I guarantee you. So you're oh, going to yeah. be part of the rodeo from the time you decided you were going to be in it until you die. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. It's it, it's not like that anymore, Brad. It's not like that in any kind of sport. No. You know, well, it, it's like pulling you know. teeth. If I if I told you that our turnaround and women's football is every, all right, I'll say this: I, this is our fifth year with our football team. I have two players, two mind you, one of them my wife, and one of them one other girl that was on the original team when we started it. Just think of that. Yeah. In five years, I've only got two players. The rest of them, over the years, now I have some that's been here now three or four years, but to just think of that, that you just came because, well, I just wanted to see what it was, and you left, I can't imagine that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm 48 years old, and I started roping, and, and I'm still trying to rope. You know, I still love it. It's still in my blood. You know, mm-hmm. and it's going to be till I die. I realize that I can't physically play football anymore at my age, but roping is something I can do. My dad's 77, and he still wants to do it. So it, it's in me, and these guys just give up or or don't, I don't know, don't have the drive like that we've had over the years. It's just hard right. to explain. I think money has turned them that way. Yeah. Well, I've said for – Probably for about, I'd say for a good three or four years, maybe five years, you know, I've I've struggled with bull riding because it got so exhausting trying to have contestants come and put up with the things that you have to with contestants now. What used to be a rodeo or a call into a bull riding, you'd have to sit and call on a telephone. And sometimes you'd spend three hours of the night, usually on Monday nights, trying to get in a rodeo that was coming up that weekend. And you'd sit and hit redial on the phone. And, you know, that's back when telephones, they didn't all have redial. So you used really in there if you had a cordless phone that had redial, that redial button numerous times just to get into the rodeo, you know. And uh, you might spend you might spend a couple hours trying to get in, and now, you know, I spend in the past I've spent you know Tuesdays on, on you know long time on Tuesdays just calling just trying to get enough guys to come to a bull riding on a Tuesday night during the middle of the week that's a thousand added just to get them to come because you needed them to be there because you was wanting to have a good show for your crowd. And, you know, years ago, the ones we were calling into, tops might have been 500 added, you know. So we've doubled the added money, and you've lost the contestants and the, the meaning the meaning of respect for a sport or for something like that. To me, I, I've told people, it's been several years I've told people about, they, they say, you know, about how, how today, how today's times are so different and things aren't the way they used to be, and I, I say, you know, I think if you tell me what's wrong with the world, I, I one of the things I've said in the, in a joking manner to, to a certain extent is that they they're making bull riders wear helmets, and football helm foot, professional football players don't need helmets. That's kind of what I that's the way I've told them because the rules they have. I, I don't even watch national. I don't watch professional football. I don't watch the NFL anymore for various reasons, but 
you know, they, there's so many penalties they throw at them for, you know, for hits and things. They don't even need a helmet the way I see it, you know. And it's just that. That being said, I, it's just a, it's a whole different. It's a different era, a whole different deal with, you know, the way they've got it set up for all kinds of reasons. You know, my my dad, he told me when I was riding bulls, if I wanted to wear a helmet, I need to go play football. He said, this ain't a helmet sport. And it wasn't back then. You actually got, you kind of got frowned on if you wore a helmet back then. It was kind of a, you know, Donnie Gay always said, ah, you can't ride bulls in a helmet. It adds too much weight to your head. You know, the higher you, your, your center of gravity down low on a bull is very important, and that weight of that helmet gets you in trouble. Which the, there's there's guys that win the world now wearing helmets. So I don't know that that's true, but it was a simple fact of being, you know, if you was a cowboy, you didn't wear no helmet. That's how I was raised up in it. So it's changed for sure in the, in all aspects of every sport. I mean, it's just it's just today's times. I think more than anything, it ain't just roping, it ain't just rodeo, it ain't football. It's every it's it's NASCAR racing, same thing. You know, I mean, I. I don't even really like to watch NASCAR race anymore. I, you can't even there's so many rules they can't even race. You know, pitiful, and they're paid an enormous amount. They don't even have to win the race. My, you know, used to you had to win to make any money, and you drove. You know, they drove a car to the racetrack or had to tow it. Now, hell, you think it matters if they win? Not really. You know, that's what's wrong with all the whole the whole competition side of things anymore. That's what the problem is. Yeah, I agree. And, and speaking of Donnie Gay, a lot of people don't know who who that guy is. Well, most probably no. most people don't know who he is. But how many? And that goes back. He's the old school kind of guy. He he is is what I am. He's the he's the one that tells you exactly what you want to hear, not what you not. He tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And That's right. I've heard him tell it to her face and. And, you know, he was one of them that always just tells it straight up and, and nobody liked him. But the, you're, you're exactly right on all those, uh, Brandon. I, I'm with you. I never was um, a fan of, of all this new rule stuff they put in. But here's the thing. Because of the money in it, because of all the money, these teams, race teams, football teams, all these teams, because of all the money they have invested in their players, they go out and they pretty much plead and beg for all these rules to protect their money. But, yeah. you know, I've said over the years that, in my opinion, of course, here, here's here's the problem. The commissioner of the NFL makes about 50 mil a year. Yeah. Okay. Or something big to say. I don't know exactly what the figure is, but it's a lot, Okay. And the NFL is like the biggest organization there is besides the government. And yeah. they have so much money that they they have to to dispense it out. But mm-hmm. if if they would if they would put base salaries down there and put incentives in it, then we would see true football race and baseball basketball, whatever the case may be. People don't realize this and and I won't and this is, you know, something that we've known all over the years, that if you don't come today, or we'll say this past Saturday, you didn't come this past Saturday to your open prepared, you didn't win, man. If you if you come in there and give a, a half-luster effort, whatever you want to call it, you got beat, you know. 
Well, right. if, yeah. if you go if you go play these major sports, yeah, man, I, I you know I just wasn't feeling it today. They still pay. That to that's me, right. that's why I love you know the sport of rodeo, the the sport of women's football. I know you've never been to a game yet, but these girls play because they love to play. They don't right. get a single thing to play. They have to pay to play. Most teams, yeah. most teams charge their players anywhere from eight hundred to fifteen hundred to play to play. Yeah. So these girls have to pay to play, and they play because they love to play. Sort of like the old school, you know, of going to the ropings and the rodeos and the bull ridings, and you know, back in the day, y'all used to take that old station wagon to a, to a bull ride. How many? How many yeah. of y'all would fall in there? With all your gear yeah, go to the studio. Well, we'd load up. They'd be, you know, that thing would hold three in the front seat and three in the middle. And you could get in the back seat. Most of the time, all our bags back there looking out the back window. But they'd be at least five, six people in there. And we did that because it was a bigger car. You could get in to, you know, share expenses. And barely would make it, you know, or just had, you know, just, just to get there. Drive, everybody drive, take turns driving all night, get somewhere just to go there, pay your entry fees. You'd either you'd either stay on and win or you'd lose your money and you'd get back in, you'd drive and do it again, you know, you'd go another road all the way. I, I can remember when I was a kid, it just getting started. My dad would drive us all the way to North Carolina over to Love Valley, the junior SRA rodeos. And you'd drive all the way over there and and pay an entry fee and now my dad was, you know, he, he didn't like to do nothing if he didn't think he was making money. So you, you'd drive all the way over there, and you'd pay him $50, and you'd ride a bull for two seconds and get stomped and get off and limp out and barely couldn't make it, you know, to get out of there and get home. And then he'd cuss the whole way home. It's just stupid. We ain't never doing this again, you know. And, uh, and then, we, of course, we always did it again. But, I mean, you know, it was like, you had to start that way, you know. You you started off doing that, and it didn't make any money. If anything, you the the price of learning, just like if you was gonna go rope, you know. When you learned, uh, you know, you was out there working it out, figuring it out yourself years ago. Uh, you know, something I noticed about ropings, I just started putting these little Saturday ropings on. I've kind of been away from that for a long time, and. I noticed something something that stuck out to me more than anything is that I remember going to these little old ropings at places around the house where you would, you know, Tuesday night at Eddie Stedman's and Terry Moore would have one somewhere. We used to drive to Malcolm Boost. Me and my brother Ben would drive on Thursday nights. We'd leave and go all the way to Pulaski, Virginia, and Bruce Dunn was with us. We'd drive up there on a school night and just – just get home in time just about to get to school uh but you know we had just old green horses and riding stuff that didn't even know what they was doing didn't know how to rope uh weren't trained or nothing and we and we had a blast doing it we didn't make no money uh you know half the time we'd save all week to do it or work all week and do something like that but where i'm getting with this is you saw you always saw people riding horses that wasn't necessarily broke or they had to, you know, fight them to get to the steer or work them in the box or do something. Man, something, if, if anything's changed, what I see is 
boy, I've had them ropings, two of them already, and had the big crowds at them. But I've yet to see anybody riding a horse that wasn't trained good. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, them horses were, everybody's horse works good. You don't really ever have to wait on anybody to try to wrestle a horse in the box or get, you know, something that you see a guy going down the pen and the steer goes left and, and the healer's still going straight or he's a fighting his horse. And I, I, that's what's changed about it. You know, there's no, there's a lot of, it's not it's not a bad thing sometimes, but in a way it is because nobody, uh, even the younger kids roping, they don't have to work to make it happen. They don't have to ride that horse or train on him or go home and ride him for a while to get him ready the next day. And I, I just tell you, man, it's I, I enjoy it. I love it, but it's it's in, in this it's it's the same in everything. You know, you used to what you what you had to work a lot harder for to succeed money has taken that place and you, there's not the work involved in it it's it's whatever it's with the job you get i think it's every bit of what you do and it takes i think it takes away from what you earn as a respect for the job or for whatever it is you're doing you know i've had to work for everything every single thing i i got a rope horse now he's a a pain horse that's 22 years old and i he hadn't been rode or roped on and Oh, I don't know, maybe a year, maybe two years and as far as team roped on it. And I think this weekend's first time in a long time, but Ty Lewis rode him at the rope, and, and he won a couple holes in the rope, and that horse was just ready to go, you know. And uh, at, when I when I started riding that horse, you was there. I actually started him at, at you and John when y'all did the ropings up there at Abingdon before, and he was just a colt. But I had to work for everything that horse is till today. Man, that means a lot. I never paid a penny for him. He was a, he was given to me, but boy, I put in a lot of time on that horse, and and he is what he is today because I worked for it. And if I'd have paid, if I'd have paid for him, even if I'd have paid a pile of money for him, it wouldn't mean near as much to me as it does today. Just knowing that I started him as a colt and made him what he is. So, you know, that's that's the that's the way I see it. It's that that's what stuck out to me in the rope inside of things, and it's the same for bull riding it's the same for football it's the same for everything you know it's just it's the the money side of things has taken a lot of what it takes to get there out of the question which also eliminates a lot of contenders in my opinion yeah you know Brad you um not only does it make you appreciate him more but back in the day we didn't have the money to go buy one of them uh no, it was no. we had we had to make our own, or or we'd just do without, you know. So yeah, that's, that's, right. that's what I'm gonna tell you. What I tell my girls all the time is there is no substitute for hard work. No, there, no, there sir. Is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this: when Jennifer started playing football, well, it would be six or seven years ago. See, she played here. We took her off since our 15. So seven years ago, when she started playing football. She went to play on a team that they didn't care if they won or not. They didn't care if they practiced or not, and it showed. It showed. And That's the team, right. And the teams that they have uh, – um, uh, the teams that they have today um, would – if back then, the teams – they're so much better now is what I'm getting at than they were then because – People are realizing. I mean, the team we have now, with they had 30-some back then. We have 20, I think, now. And we've got more players than we've ever had. And our team 
would blow them plumb out of the stadium. And they had some great players. But they didn't yeah. have the drive. They didn't have the drive. And everything you just said, you talked about you had to drive. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's, that's oh, yeah. what's important. And you had to drive. You had to want to. You, you're proud of what you had. It didn't matter. You'd, you'd go drive those extra miles, go do everything you could, because that's what you wanted to do. You knew that's what you had to do if you were ever going to compete. And and yeah. so much of that is not like that today because you can – to get to the top levels, you still got to work hard. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah. these bottom levels, Brad, there's so much <laughs> in between when people have money that they don't have to play by the rules that poor people have to play by. And uh, back yeah. when we were when we were going, <clears throat> you just rode whatever you had, and they, you like you said, they might have to wait five minutes to two or three of you wrestle him in the box and then dodge your head and go, you know. And, and you're right, yeah. it's like that today. So it's it's definitely changed. Um I do have, I wanna ask you, uh, Brad, how um what whatever made you decide to to want to start bull riding when when you did, and how old were you? Well, I was probably hmm, I, me and me and one of my my best friends in high school uh, was Jeff Smith, and he had a farm, and uh, I didn't, of course, but I had we had some horses in Kingsport, and he wanted to ride horses, and he had some cows. And we used to go ride them horses, but uh, we decided to hem his bull up one time, and you know we was gonna be bull riders. It wasn't. It was right along the same time when the movie Eight Seconds came out, Dave, and that was a that was a big change for bull riding in that era. You know, everybody wanted to be a bull rider for a while, uh, but I I loved horses and was around. You know, when I was a kid, wanted to be wanted to be around horses and my dad he he took us to a place in Kingsport and uh there was a it was a boarding stables an old man named Leroy used to bring Shetland ponies off the mountain down in there and try to get them broke and we used to when we were kids me and my brother Ben they him and ponies up in the barn we'd try to ride them old wild ponies and I don't know I just that that young age you know I was probably I'd say 10, 11, 12 years old back then, and I just, I don't know something about it. My dad used to watch westerns, and uh, he he was a, you know, he was a cowboy. He, my dad was a cowboy and an Indian, is what he told us. <laughs> if you never got a chance to meet Wild Bill, then all I can say is, everybody listening, I'm sorry you didn't ever get to meet him, but he was actually a cowboy and an Indian and a football player and a NASCAR race car driver. But it, but anyway, this I guess I just I, I liked it. Uh, there was always something about the, the cattle and, and horses and cowboy image that I was you know I loved from a kid, and it just kind of as that as I grew older, uh, and then seeing you know about rodeoing and bull riding, uh, we went we used to go up to Eddie Stebbins in Fall Branch, Tennessee on Tuesday nights and we'd work all night, you know, hanging around there, didn't ever have enough money to afford a horse or nothing. But we'd stand around there and wait around all evening 
till they got done roping them steers and they just he just let us ride them because he knew we'd work all night i think punching them steers up just so we could do it and then at the end of the night he'd run them steers in there and let us get on them and i know you remember that day because you was around then too but i i just you know it was probably at that age when you know they if you if at that age in high school and teenage years man if you had a hundred dollar bill in your pocket you had something you know what i mean i mean that that what i'm getting at is we didn't have enough money to do what what the guys do today but man if you had a hundred bucks shoot you was ready you was was ready to go wherever in the world you wanted to you know a hundred dollar bill really was something back then and now i mean it's about like the wind (laughs) if a hundred dollars is about like it's gone in a minute and it, it, it was meaningful and i and i i did uh I loved it and spent a lot. If I, it's kind of like playing the lottery. I remember Wild Bill used to say he'd drive to Gate City. He wouldn't want you to go to a rodeo and spend fifty bucks for bang. He'd drive to Gate City and buy up a pile of lottery tickets every Friday night when the Powerball was at several million. And I can remember him saying, "He used to tell people, man, I figure if I hit it, I'll break even." <laughs> yeah, that sounds about like it. Well, you know, and that's the way you feel. You feel that way. You feel that way too. I'm sure about roping and about sports, and you love it. And you know, if you ever did succeed where you won that big prize or you won a truck and a truck roping, man, you could go buy the nicest truck on the road, and you could go buy the one that had the King Ranch seats in it and the one that had the big wheels and the you know the one that's going to be up there in the price of over a hundred thousand dollars, fanciest and on the road. You could pay cash money for it if you could take back all the money you've spent doing something that you love, and like you're open or going to rodeos. But the thing about it is, you can't buy all them memories or buy all them times and stuff that means a lot. There's not a price set on it if it's something that you that you really love and you want to compete at. Yeah, well, you, you just think of how your kid's going to grow up compared to what most of these kids grow up to today. He's going to have every opportunity, I mean, naturally to do whatever he wants to do. But, you know, most of these kids are a culture of of what their parents do. And most people don't have hobbies and they don't do anything. And they sit around the house and they do lots of bad things or they're on the phones and computers and whatever. Kids pretty much product, but. You know, I, I can remember um, roping. I mean, man, I to be honest, I, I've won everything but a truck. I've come in second to truck so many times, but I've won trailers and stuff. But the, some of the biggest things that I ever won, you know, was, you know, I never won more than, than 10000 at, at a whack. And, and me and Ben won that much before your brother Ben um, and, yeah. and rodeo. Or me and my dad, one time in Oklahoma, me and my brother. And and you know what, man? I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, and don't get me wrong, I I can't sit here and tell you that I wish I, I wasn't a multimillionaire because I'd be sitting at home in a recliner yeah. to about a truck. But yeah. here's what I can tell you, man, is, is when ever, there was a, well, you know, Terry Chris, he asked me a long time ago, He's, uh, I don't know if you know or not, but he's become religious and all that. And we were just talking yeah. one day, and, you know, he asked me, he said, well, man, what's, what would be your last goal before, you know, if, 
you're ready to go, have you accomplished everything in your life that you set out to accomplish? And you know what? This was actually before the year of 2017. And I told him point blank then, I'll never forget it as long as I live. I said, Terry, the only thing that I haven't accomplished in my life, I can I can die today knowing that roping, that when when I when I decided that that's what I was going to do for a living, I actually made a living rope. Now, it may have been it may not have been the richest to living or whatever, but I actually yeah. didn't hold the job for several years, and all I did was rope. I had fun. I'm telling you, I lived. I made it. I had fun. I had horses. We made horses. We run up and down the road. But I told him, man, I'd won everything. I was satisfied if I never won anything else. But I wanted to make sure that I could get these girls on my ball team a championship. And we accomplished that in 2017. And I'm going to tell you, that truly, honestly, all the money in the world can't, I'll guarantee you, Brad, there's people that you know and I know that are richer than rich. That are no, never, that are not as happy, and they're not as satisfied with their life, with what they've accomplished, as what I am, with what little bit I've accomplished along the way, with within myself and within this team, within these girls, of of taking something from nothing, because that's what I yeah. did pretty much, and like you, you know, that's the thing. What you did with your life, and what I did, we. We took our own selves for not, from nothing, taught ourselves right. a long way, and are what we are today because of the drive we had. You know, because mm-hmm. there, you know, we had every opportunity not to do it. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, told this story exactly. to some of these girls the other night. They didn't believe me. I told them, I said, hey, I can remember when we'd go, there'd be about six of us. We'd go to Applebee's and we'd order two of all-you-could-eat riblets. And we'd share them between six of us. We'd get yeah. one beer and pass it around the table and each take a drink yeah. out of it. And we'd all drink yeah. water. And they all think that's I'm that. kids. That's how true. It's truth. That's how tough yes, times were. But times couldn't yeah. have been fun. And, and that's what that's right. today, today, Brad, they don't have that kind of fun today. No. You know? That's right. Oh, man. And we, hey, me, and ben, me and Ben used to go to Logan. <laughs> we'd go up there and drink water and eat rolls and then we'd decide we'd act like we got a phone call and had to leave <laughs> just because we didn't have no money we'd just go up there and order a water and they'd bring us out well you can bring us some rolls while we think about what we want and we'd sit there a little while and act like we was going to order something and now uh, we'd get a phone call oh, we got to run <laughs> and we'd leave uh, and we didn't have no money to eat but yeah. i know exactly what you mean dave and it's it's a thing you know i i've uh i i met my wife uh, three years ago, and uh, we got a little boy now. But but she's a she's a probably one of the most spiritual people in the world, and uh, that's un- I I could tell you I could go on forever about it of how she is. But you know she was she she taught me so much in a short period of time about you know the 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 way. The, this world and it's it's even in the bible you know the root of all evil it's not money it's the love of money and it changes people and it changes things and that's a that's a proven fact 
But, you know, the happiest people in the world, a lot of them are the poorest people in the world. Her her family is is probably one of the one of the happiest, most loving bunch of people I ever been around. Uh, they struggle, you know, they've had a lot of struggles, got like my family when we were younger, a lot like what your family, what nothing was ever given to you, you worked for what you had. But man, I tell you what, Dave, after it's, it's just so, you know, I get choked up thinking about it, but it's, uh, it's, it's something that money can't buy. It's something that you'll never purchase and you can go through the struggles of life. And it don't matter. You can put. You can't put a price on anything that is something that makes you happier. That that makes you feel like you've been successful. And then working hard for something, or having to struggle to get something, that there's a lot of people never have to face that. And I tell you what, I feel sorry for them people. They can have. They might have the brand new cars and the money to go buy, you know, twelve million dollar jets. I don't care what it is, but. Man, they they're missing out big time if they've never really felt that, you know what what you're talking about there with that football team succeeding a championship or anything, whatever it is. The the victory is never better in something that you've had to work for versus if it was if somebody bought you the nicest horse you could ride and you never had to spend a penny to get him and you you earned your way to be a world champion, it won't mean nothing compared to what something like what you're talking about is. I can promise you that. Yeah, that's the beauty of it is, you know, over the uh, – I, I mean, I I feel like I'm – and I'm not great by any means, but I'm a self-made person. I mean, I never uh, – nobody ever taught me how to rope. I taught myself, and then I just – wanted to get better and got better. I can remember when I was so bad that people would laugh at me, you know, and that just made me want to be better. And now right. those same people that are laughing, well, they couldn't even carry my rope bag over the years. Now, they might be able to today, but back when I saw I did, they couldn't even come near competing. They did me a favor. Today, people would give up about that. But they oh. give me a favor to know that I was a man that I made my own self. I made my. I bought old Bucky. He was a bronc. I hauled that sucker forever. I made him what he is, and and he made me lots of money and had had the best of times. And then when we started this yeah. football team, I played football my whole life. I'd never coached a down a ball in my life because back in the day you had to go to school to be a coach. And I learned a lot yeah. on the way. I promise you. But the one thing I knew that it was going to take for us to win was hard work and direction. And that's what I give these girls all through there. And you know what? I know girls, Brad, that have played for 17 years and never even win a playoff game. And in three years, we took our team to a championship and won it. Well, we took them. We've been to three, but we actually won one in 2017. And to know you did that with with yeah. such a people that have never played football before, and you were the reason. I mean, I'm not the reason, but I was in the in the front of what you call the driving the force of it, of getting them to where they needed to be position-wise and all that when everybody else was, you know, telling me, Man, you you can't do this. You you 
women don't respond to the way you want to do things. All these people told me you'll never get anybody to play. They don't like they don't like somebody that stays on them. And to know that I took these girls and won a championship, man, those feelings between those two, just you can never, you can't never take away from me. And if I die tomorrow, I've accomplished everything in my life that that I ever set out to, you know, to accomplish. So, um, yeah. to me, that's worth all the money in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. All, a lot of money makes the world go round easier. But listen, I only know work, and that's yeah. all that matters. Hey, well, yeah, tell, me, right. tell me this, Brad. I know that you've taken a different direction in in the bull riding and your approach to your rodeo company and stuff. But before we talk about that, tell me about, I know you used to, to haul bulls to these PBRs and you actually took some bulls to the PBR finals and stuff. And what what was that like? And, you know, what was the pros and the cons of that? Well, you know, Dave, it was, it was kind of one of them things that the bull, the bull business, uh, it exploded around that time. You know, everybody wanted to be in the bull business. Everybody, everybody was, was hot on it. And there was a lot of money people that got involved wanting to buy these bulls and make it to the PBR finals. And, you know, it was, it was something that I, I had a, I, I loved it from the start. I was already loving it. So it didn't matter to me about TV or the fame or nothing. I, I like being around it, and I still do. That's why I do what I do on the weekends. But but it was, uh, you know, around the time that I was getting going with that was when you did have a lot of the guys that you know, there were still a lot of the, the cowboys, is what I'll call them, that had had kind of, you know, been in Ty Murray, Tuff Hedeman, Lane Frost, you know, the days of them guys. And uh, and it, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a it was a learning experience for me. I'd been to a couple of them PBRs. I went and rode at some of them when I was, you know, riding still. Uh, and then going to Las Vegas, the World Finals, you know, that was my first – I went to the to – the, the high school final stuff was the biggest thing I'd been to as far as the finals. But, uh, you know, it just, it, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a, it's something I'd never take back. I loved going and doing that thing, but it was, it was the same as everything we've talked about. The doing it didn't hardly, it didn't hardly make sense for what it took to do it. You had to love it. Uh, and, you know, what I did was took a a bunch of bulls that we kind of raised and traded around on and picked up here and there, and it meant a lot to take them young bulls and end up taking them to the PBR finals and going to them televised events and being around that. And you know, like I said before, back then it's, it seems like that's been heck, that's that's been 15 years ago almost, and there's so many things have changed since then that it doesn't compare to today, you know. You don't have the same you don't have the same contenders, cont- you know, everything's different. But uh man, it it's just it's all it, it was the experience of being able to take a load of bulls and drive to Madison Square Garden in New York City. 
and, and go in there and unload them. And that same year, the first year they ever had New York City was when I went there. And then I got to sit there, not only haul a load of bulls in there and drive a semi-truck in there, you know, I thought I was on top of the world at that. And then got to watch a, a kid, uh, J.B. Mooney, that just had got started in the PBR and, and went in there and won 300000 in that building as a rookie that year. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that was something. And, and J.B. was a, a guy that attended a Tuesday night bull riding right there where we're doing them bull ridings on a Friday night now. But he was there every week, and he was hungry for it, and he he, he had to – he had the drive to want to be the very best in the world, which is what he is. And he worked at it. And uh, I watched the, I watched him ride calves at junior rodeos when he was a kid. But, man, that's the, like you say, the experience of that right there, is, it was like none other. Because, first of all, who ever heard of a bull riding in Square Garden anyway in New York City? And then if you talk to people like, you know, even you know, you know what it's like to drive a truck. And then there I was. I actually went there the first time I went there. Uh, I had I just had I had an accident where it had I had one my left arm was cut off, so I had one arm that worked, and here I was driving a semi truckload of bulls into New York City, uh, back in a minute Madison Square Garden, and televised. It was it was just a it's an experience like you can't even explain. And then to watch JB win it because I was excited that he was there anyway, getting started. That was a, that was a cool deal, you know. And then moving on through that whole season, going to Las Vegas, it it, it was a long, uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of expense. But like I said, I did it. I don't know that I I want to do it now, but uh, it's different now than it was in, of course, with all the you know competitors and and the monetary value of what it is now but it's a it was cool and i i wouldn't i wouldn't uh i, I you it's one of them things like you say you can't put a price on it right well a lot of people i mean a lot of people that you know come most of the people that come to rodeos and bull riding don't really know the difference between what other than jb mooney covering bulls Versus somebody else that just comes and covers a bull. Nobody mostly knows the difference between no. bull or rodeo people in general. But we, we do because we've been in we've been in the sport forever. We know what it takes to be the best. We know what who the best and what they are. But since all that, you took a different direction with your bull ride, with with this roping and and barrel racing. And, and all that, and it's more of a, I don't know, I don't want to use the laid-back home hometown novice youth kind of amateur deal, I guess you would call it, Brad, more or less, than the way it's set up than, than it would be at a what you would call a professional level. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it could be. You know, Dave, I, I, I accommodated what I used to do, I accommodated the guys that were moving in the professional level. And then were the guys like the JBs, the Brian Canners, the Josh Faircloths, uh, Corey Atwells, William Shown. I mean, them guys were, they were hungry for the sport. It didn't matter 
if it was a thousand added bull riding and it was a five hour drive for them, man, they were there on a Tuesday night, middle of the week. They were competitors and they were there. Um, and so 10, 12 years ago when I started doing that, that's the guys that we were, that's the guys we were getting. I was, I, I, I staged my events around them guys because that's the ones that, that brought my crowd there. Now, that that's changed, you know, the guys, there, there aren't, them guys don't exist anymore, to be honest with you. And, uh, it's, it's, it's now for me, I'm looking to create them guys again. I want to make a place where, Hey man, if this kid's hungry for it, there's nowhere for him to go. Now I feel bad. If there's something I regret, it's that when I had them amateur guys called in that wanted to be bull riders that came because they wanted to be the JBs and the, you know, Boyce Knox's and the Jerome Davis's one day, I, I neglected them because I overlooked them. I put, I'd, I'd run an amateur class of bulls in there that were the calves that I know for sure them guys couldn't ride. They didn't have a chance on them. And I just, I just did that because I had them instead of accommodating them beginners and them learners that wanted to get in there and be a part of it, you know, and everybody did this and, and we basically just killed them all. And it's really the same in, in the sport of any of anything rodeo wise is that it's just not there's not a place for the amateur level anymore there's not a place for the ones that really want to learn uh there's not a place for my wife for instance she she's a, she rides horses she showed horses she was in a equestrian team in college but she's like the team rope i know she would she probably wouldn't say it she don't want to do it if anybody's watching but where could she go and who, where could she get on a horse today and go learn to rope? That, that's my question. And that, that's what made me want to have team roping. That's what made me want to do my bull riding again and try to help these younger kids and younger guys. I'm having a barrel racing as well. You know, what? what's the reason for it? Well, it's, 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 done a, it's almost done a complete 360. I'm looking to help the people that are interested in getting started in it that may – Hey, they may not have the money to go out here and buy a finished rope horse, or they may not have the money to to go enter a bull ride somewhere where the fees are eighty dollars and the added money's high. Uh, but they got a place now. I'd, I'd like for them to be able to come there and get in, get involved, and have the the veterans of the sport that are there help them out a little bit, you know. And that's why we're doing what we're doing on Saturdays, and you know, it all it all started for me. Uh, I was thinking about doing it, wanted to do it. We were sitting in church one Sunday, and they were talking about reaching in, reaching out in the world, you know, people that just go sit in church and leave on Sundays versus the people that, what can you do to try to, to, try to make a difference in the world? Well, it, it it's maybe not the same, but it, it connected with me, with my, you know, I was fighting with myself. Well, should I try to do this deal again? I got all the equipment. I've done it for years. And it was kind of like the the breaking point for me. I involved the what they're looking at doing with with helping them and helping the sport and being a part of what the people in the community liked. And uh, I said, you know what? A lot of people had a negative about it for me. There was a lot of people against the roping side of things. People that have done it in the past, you know, oh, it won't work, or the arena wasn't no good, or they didn't take care of it like it should have been. So I had a lot of things working against me as far as the you know, getting started with it, 
and uh, we had to do a lot of extra work to put tents up and make room for roping and barrel racing inside that building. But I tell you what, uh, I, I'll say this, they in church one Sunday, uh, you know, I think God gave me the reason of why I do what I do, and it's because I love doing it, and I have done I've invested a lot of time, I've invested a lot of money and equipment, and that stuff was sitting going to waste. And it just kind of sparked me to say, you know what, I think I'm going to hit this again. And so far, I've got a huge uh, response out of a lot of people. I, I saw a lot of faces up there on the roping and on the bull riding that I hadn't seen in a long time. And, it, and my intentions of doing that is not only just to service those people, but I, I also am, am working with this church, Highlands Fellowship, because they got, they're hungry, man. They're hungry for people that, won't maybe attend, you know, a, a, the the comfort zone of going to a church might not be there for certain people, or the comfort zone for going to a bull riding or going to a big roping or going somewhere is not there. And but but I want it to be there. That's what I, my intentions are. So hey, I want you to come here. I want you to know you can come here if you got a horse that just maybe can't even get a bit in his mouth, or you got you know a pony that. You want your kid to ride and go around a set of barrels. I want you to know that that's the place to go, and that's the place where you can be comfortable going. And that's kind of what that church is doing, uh, you know, looking to, to do for the people in the world that may not be comfortable there. And I tell you, it's it's a killer deal when you get there and when you realize it. So that, that's my intentions now. It's, it's a complete difference than what it was before, but it's working so far. Uh, man, I've had a lot of response out of, Steam ropers, barrel racers, bull riders, the crowd, saying, "Hey, that's awesome, man! That's that's one of the better deals we've seen in years." And we've done some pretty good events up there at that building, but the the response I'm getting is 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 better than what it has been over the you know course of the years, just because I've I've changed my direction, I guess. Yeah, well, you know what? To me, to me, Brad, you can't put a price tag on that. I know. Um, and I ain't gonna mention any names and people that know know who they are. It's most people, you know, if they can't benefit from something, they wouldn't help you do lift a finger to do nothing. And no. so that's never been the way I was. I've I've given away more stuff than I probably even got today, you know. And uh, yeah, I told you know I know we've been you know talking about BSN, um, which is your name, Brad Scott Elm Rodeo Company. Um, you know, helping us a little bit with our football team, and uh, we are a non-profit organization, and like I said, most teams charge these girls to play. We don't. Um, the only thing they've had to pay for is this year is if they didn't have a uniform, they had to buy their uniform. So we solely only work off of sponsors or, or donations or fundraisers and that stuff. I, because, listen, I, I've been there where all these girls are, me and you both have been there. I don't. I want them yeah. to enjoy. I want them. I don't want to turn down anybody that can't afford to pay these fees to come and play. I want them to be able to experience their ultimate goals. And and I know we haven't worked out all the stuff or whatever, but you know I talked to my team a little bit about it there on Sunday, and and they were excited. And I told them that um, we were actually going to give a couple of tickets away to the bull riding on Friday night for a trivia question. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw that trivia question out so some of them can 
if they're interested, can start uh, calling in and see if they know the correct answer. And the question yeah. is, who, who was the past, for the last two years, who was the USWFL national champions in Division Two in the Iron Woman Division for the last two years? And uh, there was a lot of girls that didn't even know about the rodeo that are interested in coming. They looked up uh, some pictures. Uh, and uh, seen, looked up on the internet, of course, like me and you talked about, um, and seen yeah. pictures of you riding that bull, you know, and they're yeah. saying, oh, that's so cool. And, um, you know, it, it is. And, and I mean, for, for me personally, I can't, I know I could tell you forever that, uh, uh, hey, let me give this number out here. The number to call in is 657-383-1020. You won't try to win those tickets. Six five seven three eight three one zero two zero. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Uh, I ain't even got to make the bull ridings. I'm always working. Seems like, but I have got to come to a couple ropings. And you know, me being a shoot, I wouldn't even. I used to, you know, after I quit roping all the time, I called myself a weekend warrior. I wouldn't even call that myself that now, but. Just to give me the opportunity to be able to come during bad weather when I can't even practice and still come as old as I am, as bad a shape as I'm in, not pick up rope in forever and still have an opportunity to compete and win. I mean, I should have won yeah. rope. To, to be able to do that is is, is unbelievable, uh, you know, to, to to be able to do Hold on to seat, Brad. Let's get... Who we got? Jessica Tweed. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. How about Jessica? What are you doing? Uh, Making strawberries. Do you know the answer to the to the question? The Hampton Road Lady Gators last year in Tri City Thunder year before. Who was the other two? You didn't say it four. Hang on. Let me guess. Pumas? No. And the Prodigy? No. Wrong. The Pumas and the Prodigy? No. The winners for the last two years. No. The Prodigy won back to back. The Prodigy won back to back. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, do I get a half a ticket? (laughs) (laughs) We might give you one. We might give you one. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate it, Coach. I'm over here slaving for for the team, but okay. We'll see if anybody else calls to get them. If they don't, we'll get them. All right. Have a good night. Good night. Yeah, they, uh, you know, just to be able, Brad, to. To do that is is you know uh, unbelievable because anymore you know first of all um, you can't even I mean our horses me and Jennifer came up there the other day and the, up until we came the last time they hadn't even been rode in forever and that's that's the opportunity that you know and I know that's bad because I, I'm big on practice and I preach practice 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 my girls and if I was serious and listen 
once football's over this year, I'm going to get serious about roping again, and I'm going to be in the practice pen, and I'm going to be really yeah. dialed in and, and ready to go. But the opportunity for this, to me, being able to come there and rope is is almost like me taking my girls to a scrimmage game, or to a scrimmage getting ready for the main game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And well, nobody's like that. Nobody did that. Yeah, see the thing. So for me, uh, you know, the bull riding, the roping. What I love about it was the atmosphere. You know, I, I love being around the people. I, I never was the team roping kind. I mean, I you know, I was always around it. I was I was always you know I, I did like it, but I didn't like the sitting around all day long or going to roping. But so it's the atmosphere that you love, you know, and you've done it for so long, and you like being around it. So for for what you're saying is, you know, it's cool to be able to go somewhere where you can actually be a part of it. You can compete. It ain't gonna cost you a fortune, and you know that's what makes. Not, not you know, people like yourself, you know, you probably, you may never go again and compete to win a truck. And, and I'd say I probably won't either. But you know what? The, the desire is still there. And it's just as much, it's just as much to go to a little small deal. And, and so, so it accommodates people like yourself. But at the same time, it's creating them guys that may someday go compete to win a truck or may go someday to the USDRC finals or may, want to be a world champion in a you know in the rodeo and and do it without having a dad that owns a rope pen or without having somebody that you know just like me and my brother Ben, you know we didn't ever have nothing like that and you know without really without you and you years ago if it hadn't been for you and your brother john hauling us around you know and going to places and allowing us to be able to do it we wouldn't have been able to do it you know and and people like Eddie Stedman and Terry Moore and uh, Malcolm Booth that they they actually cared for people that were interested in the sport, you know, and and so I I want to be that guy, you know. It means more to me to be that person because them guys they mean more to me than somebody like Trevor Brazil or you know whoever, J.B. Mooney, them, them old guys that had a heart for young people that wanted to learn to do something, wanted to be around something, or the older guys that used to be around. You know, one one thing that made my – what made it all worth it for me, one of the things was see Stuart Lindemood. You know, I ain't seen him in years. That There's probably not a person that loved the team rope more than that guy. When I, when I was – when I used to rope, I remember Stuart would tell me, he said, man, you you go out there and do that and you don't even care. And I work at, you know, you know how Stewart is. He said, I work at this and I want to be the best there is and I'll go and go and go and I can't. But but it, but the thing about it is that guy loved it. And I saw him come in there Saturday and he wrote and and uh, something I know he loves to do and he's got a, you know, a horse that's maybe a little green he's wanting to work on. But just, just the fact that I know for a fact that if it weren't for me doing what I'm doing up there, Stuart Lindemood probably wouldn't be riding his horse and roping this winter, and that, that means a lot to me, you know. And that and that's kind of, that's that's just coming from the heart. That's how I feel about it. It ain't about making money, you know. It, it's people. You really sit back and think about it. 
when you set when you go pay to feed a hundred steers and you pay the bills on the lights and you pay the arena fees and the buildings and all that, there ain't a whole there ain't no money in. If you want to make money, don't go buy up a bunch of steers and put on ropes the way I'm doing it anyway. But you see what yeah. I'm saying, Dave? It's, it's the yeah. fact of the matter is, man, I, I I don't put myself on a pedestal by any means, and I don't. I'm no I'm no better than anybody else. But I will say this: there's people, there's a lot of people that get forgotten, and there's a lot of people that are in the industry of doing anything that just have a heart for a human being, and they have a they have a want for the better for other people versus just the better for themselves. And man, I tell you what, you get them kind of people together, you got something. And it, it's hard to do that nowadays, and it really is. It's hard to it's hard to find that in this world we live in today because of just the way it is and the way, uh, and I don't know how to say it in a nice way, but it's just, you catch my drift. This is all I yeah. say. Hey, since she, uh, since she called in and gave the answer away that trivia, I'm going to throw another question out there and let them try to get. Who was the okay. first two women's football teams to ever play in Tennessee Titans? Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. The number six five seven three eight three one zero two zero. Yeah, Brad. I, I, listen, I I want to, you know, I, I'm hoping that uh, I know that uh, not even who might win these tickets, but a lot of these other girls are are want to come on Friday night. I mean, you know, when I just mentioned the fact of rodeo there at our practice and and you know and told them just a little bit of what we talked about it. I mean, they honestly, they were like, you know, kids in a in a candy factory. Now, some of them yeah. just take time, but a lot of these girls, they're just true, you know, just real good people, and they love anything like that. They love that atmosphere. They're just, you know, I can, I can go to a rodeo. I can go to a bull ride, roping, mostly any kind of horse event, and just be as satisfied all day long, you know, yeah. of being yeah. there. And there's, it's, everybody's got away from it because it's just like everything has, has become, um, you know, nationalized, I guess you would call it. I don't know what the proper yeah. word is. You know, uh, the small person no longer exists. Nobody wants the small person to be in any kind of business anymore. Yeah. It's, if, you know, if, you know, I've heard, it's I've it's heard it. Like it's like I've the tobacco it. farmer, baby. Just like the tobacco yeah. farmer. You know? That's the way I say yeah. it. You know, the the old tobacco farmer, you used to be able to set out two or three acres of tobacco, and that's how a lot of farmers, you know, that's how they paid for their Christmas. And, uh, man, the, the government bought them out. You know, they ruined that for them, just like small dairy farms. I mean, it's everything. It ain't just it ain't just what we're talking about. It's just everything. But it's not a, you know, it's, it's not a, it's just, it's just a fact of it. The way yeah. of time. Hey, I got an Let's idea. See. Let's I just see. Got an, I just got a. What's uh, that? Let's well, see. I got a good idea. Uh, you got a call coming in? Yeah, Wendy Sweeney. She's calling in to guess this, guess this trivia question. Do you remember Wendy? All right, let's hear it. Yeah, oh, I know Wendy Sweeney. Hey, are you there? I'm here. Are you there? Hey, I'm here, Lisa, and i got to tell you, I'm so excited that Brad's on the show tonight because James and I brought our kids up there to Abingdon 
and watched those bull ridings when they were four, five, six years old. And for probably four years, my boys were going to be nothing but bull riders. That was such a great family environment, such good entertainment, and we loved it. So I'm so excited that you're on the show tonight, Brad. Well, thank you, Wendy. I appreciate it. I thank you for coming. I, I'm, that's actually the only time I get to see James. Just as no, it's another reason for my love of doing what I do. Is because I, I see him up there at the bull riding or the rodeos, and it's always good to see his face. And just a good, another good one of them good eggs. You know, I guess what I call yeah. somebody that you don't ever see and you really like to like keep in touch with, but don't. But it's good to hear that. Well, well I'm, I'm glad you're starting that up again. So. Uh, I'm just think I'm in the center of, of how all of us ever come together. What about that? Hey, you yeah. are, Dave. You are. Uh, oh, Queenie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right. That I'm, I'm, all right, so I got the answer to your trivia. I'm sure you know the answer, but I'm going to listen to it anyway. The answer would be the first women's teams to play in Tennessee Titans Nissan Stadium would be the Tri-City Thunder and the Knoxville Lightning. All right, you got it. That was too easy for you, wasn't That was too easy. I know. I was waiting. But I didn't know the first one, though. I'm glad Tweet called in. I didn't know it, but I knew this one. Well, well, uh, Brandon, he'll, he'll enjoy going because he he was excited. And I do want, I told you to wish him happy birthday for him, but I'm going to wish him happy birthday here myself anyway. Uh, but, uh, uh, he, uh, he'll, he'll be excited to go because he said he's wanting to ride one. Maybe Brad let him get a piece oh, of no, that. Oh, no, my boys will love it. Yeah, my boys will love it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. i we need to so so I'll say this first. Every every week, every bull riding year season I've done, I've always helped something. I did the children's hospital for years, uh, nice longer children's hospitals, and raised them a lot of money. Uh, to me, it's a lot of money anyway. But I've always done something to try to benefit uh, cause. And uh, this last week, we had a, a friend that. Still, how he fence supply. They they got a little girl that was diagnosed. She's three years old, and she has a bad uh, tumor on her lung, and uh, it's all cancer. And they're down in Memphis at the at the Children's Hospital. So we we did a spur of the moment raffle deal, and we we took the bull uh, that bull I had broke to ride and put him on the on out in the front and let Josh Faircloth and Billy Robinson have pictures made with him and all the kids. And so we raised money for them uh, and sent it down to them. I've always helped something out. So I got, I've got it in in the making for, you know, doing a week or two weeks worth of something to try to help you out with the football team with some expenses there, you know, for your traveling. I know it's non-profit, so I, I want to do that. Uh, but I got an idea while we were talking. Uh, and I and actually we, we we decided to do this this coming week this this Friday night. Uh, we do what's called shoot dogging, and I know you know what that is. Oh yeah. So you get in the you get in the shoot, and uh, you take a rope and steer, and you wrestle into the ground. Right. So what what I'd like to what I want to propose to you is 
uh, if, if the women's football team is out there listening, uh, you know, I imagine y'all probably just as tough as most of these guys that come to do shoot dogging. So, but let's do some kind of uh, let's do something for the women's football team, and uh, you know, I'll pay the entry fees, maybe add a little money, or we'll do a, we'll do a, uh, some kind of crowd. I don't know. I got I, I just thought of it, so I don't have it all in play. But what I'm getting at is. Let's let these girls, the, the girls' football team, uh, the ones that think they're tough, or I, I'm, I'm actually putting it out there to them right now. I'm gonna tell them if they're listening. Uh, you know, if you, you won't come, you won't come shoot dog. We'll put your steer in there, and uh, we'll do a fundraiser. We'll do some money. You want? We'll raise some money up from some tickets or some crowd sales, or I, I don't know yet how we'll do it, but we'll, we'll generate some money out of the crowd there. And we'll let the we'll let the football team come in there and do some shoot dogging. Does that sound like that that you think that'd work out, Dave? Yeah, that sounds like a winner to me if we can get some of them there. I've got some I've got some girls on the team. I guarantee can uh shoot dog. I know Jennifer can. I've seen her her do it before. Yeah. So uh, Well I got I've got steers and then we're we're gonna we're gonna start it Friday night. We we do mutton busting. I always try to do something different. I try to break it up a little bit for, for the crowd. And uh, I've got team roping. The qualified team ropers are coming this week. So I'm going to have roping steers there. And uh, I'll, think, I'll think along the lines of it because usually when I break out the shoot dog and we get a lot of we get a lot of attention off of it. But, uh, you know, I might. Well, I, uh, well, I've already got some of them texting me on my phone saying, hell yeah, let's do it. So. Well, we might do we might do some kind of deal. We might do girls against guys or something, you know, or, or yeah. cow cowboys against the uh, oh, girl. cowgirls type thing, you know. Let the girls oh, uh, We'll take ten guys from the crowd and ten ten of the football team, and we'll see who can throw the most steers for a you know uh, for the uh, prize money. You know, if they. If you guys win, because uh, I usually take, I usually make charging entry fee. It's like ten bucks. Okay. But we might up the, we might up the ante, and we might make it to where them girls got to earn that money. You know what I'm saying? So I put, I'll add, I'll add five hundred dollars to the pot, and if, uh, if the cowgirls throw more serious than the cowboys, they'll take the money and put it in the pot, and they'll take the five hundred toward their expenses. Just divide, you know, set yeah. this person at the other way. I, I mean, something like that to me. I like. I'm a competitor, you know. I like to compete. Yeah, me too. So I just instead of giving them girls money to travel on, let's make them earn it. You know what I'm saying? Let's tell them to get their. But I, you tell them to go out there. Tell them to jump off the back of a truck and tackle a mailbox going 25 <laughs> miles an hour, like you call steer wrestling. You know, when they say yeah. they you practice steer wrestling. So you tell them they go ahead and get a hold of their. Get a hold of her husband around the headlock and throw him on the ground, or whoever they got a boyfriend or something, start practicing this yeah. week because they're going to need. Right, and that, that's actually a cool deal, you know. Come Friday night, that's a that's, that's that for me. Stuff like that adds to the show. It helps, you know. It might help raise a little money for the football team, and it's a lot of fun involved instead of just right. just instead of saying, "Hey, here's here's you some money," you know. There you go. I'll get Jennifer to start getting on them to get them ready to. To get into it, see how many she can get. Well, Brad, we about out of time. Got about two or three minutes here. Man, I appreciate okay. you coming up on. I appreciate you, everything you you doing for the sport. Uh, 
uh, you know, for just taking interest in us and, and helping these these girls out and uh, uh, giving us a few tickets to donate, give away here to the yeah. and stuff. They're going to, uh, they'll enjoy it, and I'll, uh, I'll uh, talk to you later when I get home. I'll, I'll come by and holler at you, and maybe I can make it home in time to come up there and watch that myself on Friday. All right, Dave. Sounds good. Yeah, and just let them know to get in touch with me, or we'll we'll get something going there. I'll talk to you before then. But yeah, the the okay. shoe talking deal. I'm glad to be a part of it. I hope I can help y'all out in a lot of ways. All right, but appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right, have a good night, right, Dave. Bye. See you, bud. Sir, bye. Yes, sir. All right, folks. There was Brad Nams of the BSN Rodeo Company. Like I said I've known Brad for years and years. Just a good, good old boy. Him and his brother just down to earth. Uh, uh, so it's uh, it's blessed to have friends like that willing to help out uh, people and you know do things like I said. Brad's like me he did give away as much as he's probably got, help more people and being beat out of more stuff and, than you can think of. And um, it, it's just a rarity you find find people like that. So it was a uh, really good to have him on talk about a lot of the things that we've seen and did throughout the years and um, you know anybody that, that knows me I am just down to earth and Brad is too I know he, he's got a lot of things he's worked hard for and he really appreciates the things in life and married now and got a young boy and he's real proud of that and he should be and uh, you know, we just so many people take so much for granted, and um, you know, I I think that you know one thing he mentioned, I mentioned too, was the money thing. When you start getting all this money, you do take so much for granted. It takes away from from the reality of of what you set out to do and the hard work you set out to do. You know. Uh, and uh, so, man, it's 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 great to be able to <clears throat> go to places like that and, and see that kind of people and, and see the people that really, you know, just uh, know. I mean, there's people, you know, that, that he mentioned and, and that I know that, you know, could rope or ride bulls their whole life and never win much of anything and, uh, you know, be able to, see them to come to a place and still compete would be, um, you know, still phenomenal. And uh, up there in Abingdon, I, I meant to get him to give me the address stuff, but I know it's the Abingdon Fairgrounds. Um, I'm sure I think it starts at 7. Uh, I'll get uh, Jim for to find out for sure and post it on our page and stuff. But uh, he has bull riding, barrel racing, team roping. Uh, like I said, now shoot dog and sort of be interested, you know. And, uh, maybe it's something that, uh, you know, will catch on and we can uh, uh, help him out. He can help us out. You know, these girls work hard. Um, you know, most of them have families. You know, that's, that's the part that we didn't get into is most of these people have family. I mean, like Brad, he's actually in Louisville, Kentucky working. He works out of town himself and um, he's only home on the weekends and you know that's what me and Jim was talking about the other day. I think he I think he goes on home on uh 
Thursday nights and goes back out there on either Sunday night or Monday morning. But, man, with this rodeo going on, he don't have much, uh, you know, family time. You get home on Thursday night, get that rodeo on Friday night, and you got a roping or barrel racing on Saturday and what little bit of time you got on Sunday. And the people just don't realize that you do something because you just love to do it. You know, I can't explain that. I can't get that through to to my girls that, you know, if I never got paid a dime for coaching them and I don't get paid a dime, I, I'm just as satisfied as if I did. Now, yeah, it would be nice to get paid to do something you love, but that doesn't mean you, you shouldn't do it just because you do or don't. And, and there's so much to be said for just doing things because you love them. You know, it's like J.C. Hawk Sports Network here. I've talked to B.J. several times, and, you know, I asked her, why why do you do this? And that's what she said, just because I love to do it. There's just not many people in the world that do things today when there's no money in it just because they love to do it. And that's what we're missing in sports. It's what we're missing across the board is, you know, your kids can't even uh, play a sport without it costing a fortune, even for school. I know I used to work with this woman that her daughter was a cheerleader at high school, and it cost them $1,000 for her just to be a cheerleader for the school. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. The school, she's representing that school. These schools have plenty of money. I'm not saying plenty of money, but they got enough money to pay for these cheerleaders' uniforms. I mean, I, I realize uh, how important it is that when the cheerleaders come to the Titans game, how important that was to, to us and to the crowd. Everything's all about money. And naturally, they paid it and did fundraisers because their kid wanted to do it. They enjoyed it, but they shouldn't have to. And just people just don't do things because they love to do them. And it's a rarity when you find that, you know, and when being, you know, me and Brad was talking long before he even started this and some ideas and stuff about the ropings and this, that, and other, and, you know, the first thing I asked him was, are you wanting to make money? Are you wanting to not lose money, of course, but, you know, are you satisfied with, you know, if, if you can pay your bills and all that? And he said, look, I, I work for a living. I didn't you know, intend to make a killing on this. And, and you know, we talked about some things. He uh, he did a lot of things, and, and he's tickled to death with the with the turnout. And, and that's great. And I, I just think that we've lost along the way of, of what it means to do things and be a part of something just because you love it. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do with our team is it's not – you know, we're going to try to do some fundraisers and things that doesn't cost these girls anything, just a little bit of work uh, that they can help pay their way. Um, some of these girls, you know, that, did, that already had uniforms, it's not going to cost them anything, but maybe some travel or motel to stay or whatever. I mean, to be able to do something you really love, these other teams are charging 800 and you still got to do all that. They still expect you to be a fundraiser. They still expect you to do this and that. We're trying to just make it about playing football, having fun, not costing you a fortune, 
being able to do it, you know, and that's that's the only way I know to do things. And that's been my goal since we started this team. But it's been my goal, you know, when uh, when we put on ropings years ago. Naturally, we I was in the business. And that's what I did, going to make money. But it wasn't much. It was enough to say you were making a living, and it was a very very light living at that. Uh, but man, I'm I'm telling you, I had a ball. I can't I can't explain to you how much fun I had over the years doing it. Um, and there wasn't much money in it. It was just the fact of the love of it. And you know, for the last five, I can't say the first year Denver played football somewhere else, but it was all that fun because it drove me crazy. But the last four four or five years has really been fun. Um, with this team, and we haven't broke even yet on the season. It's, it's a non-profit deal, and our our own company has has paid a lot of money to have this team. But uh, what we've got enjoyment out of it, like I said, for for these girls and for Jennifer, and something that she really loves. Um, I mean, her love for for football is is probably more than mine at this point. You know, at one point in time, my love for football was more than rope. Uh, and I I can't say, you know, I asked her one time, did she like football more than rope? And she told me, yeah, and at the time, I was roping a lot. And uh, I do love football. Don't get me wrong. I always have. It's been – it was the first sport I ever really, really loved. But, man, I do. I love roping as well. And, you know, it's, um, to be able to do the things, people, that you love, the hobbies, and, and live and be able to compete is a, is a great thing. And when you work for them and work hard to do it, it makes it that much sweeter. And uh, you get these get these girls along the way. It's like, you know, you're taking yourself and learning from scratch and you're getting a horse like Brad was talking about that didn't know nothing and, you make him great, and uh, you know, I never forget. <laughs> I bought a horse. Everybody, oh man, what'd you buy that horse for? And you know, several years later, you know, I'm turning down thirty, forty thousand dollars for him. You know, people just said, you just tell me how much, and we'll let you write the check. And I still have him today. He's thirty years old, still having today. And you can ask Jim for everybody. That coast to coast, north, south, east to west knows that horse, and uh, you know I got I had the most enjoyment out of that sucker, getting to look at him every day. We thought he was going to die last year. Man, that that's the greatest thing to be able to know that I I did that, you know. And when everybody else was going, why do you get that or why do you do this, why do you do that, so you know being able to do things that you want to do because you love to do them is, is worth everything. And I can't put a price tag on that. Um, I did. I have to admit, I would have sold him because, to me, 35000 back in years ago was a lot, a lot of money. But the fact that my mom was still alive at the time and she had some uh, money invested in him, uh, when I told her that I was going to sell him, she said, no, I don't want to sell my part. 
So uh, it was the best thing I ever did was not selling him. But, man, when you're an old poor boy like me and you look at that money and it, it was tempting. And if I'd have sold him without selling her, I probably would have lived a lot shorter life. But uh, those, those kind of memories and, and things you, you can't put a price tag on. I don't care how much money you've got. And I do know plenty of people, as well as Brad does, that have plenty of money. And most of them were miserable. And uh, it's sad because we we just do what we do because we love to do it. I mean, you go up there to Abingdon and anybody that's listening that might go this weekend um, to watch, um, there's a ton of work that they did setting up that arena. We used to rent that arena years ago. And uh, Brad mentioned it when we had it, um, and we put a lot of work in it. He's went above and beyond what we ever did and put way more work in it than we ever did. I mean, it's he's got it heated, uh, got nice big speakers hanging from up above, several buckets huge, lots of uh, uh, room for people to sit and watch, place for you to warm up your horses, you Almost a plant, other than walking from your car to the arena or truck, whatever you want to call it, you can't. He won't get wet. He got a really, really nice concession, um, several uh, nice bathrooms. I mean, it's just the whole thing is set up just unbelievable. And I, I'll promise you, people, that that's the kind of stuff that goes unnoticed for most people, but not for me. And I told him the first time I uh, was up there that. It was set up better than it had ever been set up before. And all it was is not only did he know he, what he wanted to do, but he took pride in doing it. And that's that's something that, you know, it takes more. you got to go the extra mile. And, and a lot of people are not willing. You heard him mention that people that had it before sort of burn it and didn't want to do it, half-assed do things and that kind of stuff. And if you want to do things right, you got to go the extra mile. And it's going to cost you to do it. And that's usually why people don't. So the things that are going to go unnoticed is the hard work that they put in just putting that there and having it. So it'll be a, a great experience for everybody that uh, might go or that's never, uh, you know, been to a bull ride and, and seen all this stuff. It'll be a great, great thing. So I really appreciate him coming on. Appreciate uh, Jessica Tweed and Wendy Sweeney for calling in and getting our trivia and them just to be a part of the team and uh, all the hard work that they did and the hard work that everybody did. Thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network for uh, letting us do this show and um, I can say doing it because she loves to do it as well as the rest of them. So until uh, next Tuesday, maybe we'll have some. I'll have some results of the shoot dogging along with the NFL. Uh, the new Super Bowl champion, and and uh, see if uh, these girls are as tough as I hope they are. Till uh, next Tuesday. Appreciate you listening. Thanks.